Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. to you, and welcome to episode 173 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I don't know if this is going to get picked up on the mic or not. I'm just going to go over to the window here. Have a listen to this. It is monsoon season, apparently, in Wales. It's pretty much rained non-stop since I got here on Thursday night. And, yeah, it's just going to keep raining in, until we, we get back to Vancouver. But at least that will make the Whitecaps feel at home. And they're obviously appreciating the weather because they got their first win of the pre-season on Monday. A very comfortable 4-0 win over Oxford United under-23s. We'll talk a little bit about that match in this podcast and we've got a lot of audio to bring you that we've put together over the last couple of days. Cal Robinson went for the same starting 11 for the Oxford game as he did with Cardiff on Friday. It's hard to really read too much into that as to whether that's giving us some thinking as to his plans for the Champions League game against New York next month. There's still some players who haven't actually seen any minutes on the pitch during the, the pre-season games. We haven't seen Christian Bolanias, we haven't seen Kendall Waston, Shannon Williams still hasn't played, Giles Barnes. We did see the first appearances though of a Wolverine lookalike, Russell Tybert, Nico Mosquito also boasting a new haircut, and Christian Teixeira. Now obviously we're not going to take too much and get carried away from these games because it isn't top quality opposition. But it is competitive games and the white caps, you have to play who's in front of you. And they're playing well. They're linking up well. They're moving the ball around nicely. Goals have started to come. Still a long way between that and, and doing that in MLS. But it's positive signs, encouraging signs. And I think one of the most encouraging things is the defence. There's been the one goal conceded in the two games so far. And that was really due to a howler by Paolo Ternaghi who did make up for, for those mistakes in the game against Oxford with two cracking saves in the last 30 minutes. The defence is looking good. Clean sheet against Oxford. A lot of understanding between the team, a lot of composure. And spearheading it all is the veteran of the back line, one of the veterans in the team now, really, Jordan Harvey. Last year's Whitecaps Player of the Year, keen to, to get back into action again. We got a chance to sit down with Jordan after training on Sunday 
had a really good 10 minute chat with him just about a little bit about the season past, looking forward to the season to come and just a, a number of other topics as well. Hopefully you'll find it as enjoyable as we did chatting to him. So let's kick off today's show with our chat with Whitecaps left back, who knows, maybe Whitecaps captain for the season to come, Jordan Harvey. I guess it's felt like a long off-season. First time for a while, the, there's been no playoffs. How did you reflect on things during the last few months? It's a good question. Um, you got to reflect on the season as a whole. I think, um, you know, a lot of us want to build on how we left off, which is great. Um, but we need to correct some of the wrongs. Um, I think... At times last season, you saw the quality that this team, this group possesses. You just didn't see it enough. And um, I've kind of preached in a few different interviews uh, this preseason that it's uh, the standard is there. We just need to m- meet it every day. And uh, last year, I think you'd have guys that come into games and play very well. Some guys not so much. And then it'd be the reverse. It wasn't always as a whole. And so I think we need a majority of guys playing at that standard uh, game in, game out, practice, practice. So um, I think it's about maintaining that standard and, and having just that level of consistency. A lot of the fans right now, they're, they're freaking out because they see other teams. <laughs> they're, signing, yeah, they're signing players. We're not signing anyone. And some of them are panicking, which I think is a little bit early because there's still such a long way to go before, before things happening. They're looking at it, the squad we've got just now, there's very little change to what we had last season and that team didn't make the playoffs and other teams are strengthening. But like going back to what you're saying there, this was a good team. The core was good and they just had a bad season. Defensively, it looks like if you can just tighten things up, that the goals were there last year. It might feel that there wasn't, but they were. And that a little bit of tightening defensively, a little bit of playing different, and this team is competitive. I agree with that 100%. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the goals, especially early on, were some of the most preventable goals that I've I've seen throughout my career, to be honest. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, blunders here and there that, um, you know, sometimes would cost us games. And then it wasn't until, you know, we were really reaching uh, to make the playoffs that, um, you know, you saw teams actually sometimes break us down. Um, I thought um, defensively, you know, if, if we can have a level of consistency like I've been talking about um, across the back line, I think you'll see it tighten up. And it's not like, you know, guys, uh, you know, have gotten, have dropped levels. Like David Austin is still an amazing goalkeeper. We still have, you know, Kendall and Tim who are going to be very good this season, I have no doubt. Um, and then you have, you know, guys that had injuries last year that, like Christian Dean, that hopefully he comes back and has a great year. So, it's also, you know, the philosophy of this club. Um, you know, mo- a lot of teams sign players like that. We're a building uh, young talent. And I think you'll see a lot of that young talent come through. We obviously, um, you know, want to sign players and we want to be competitive. It's about these young guys stepping up. And I think that'll make us competitive. I don't think anybody needs to freak out. Um, I-, I think uh, you'll see a lot of that, that young talent step up this season. The, there's been the one game played so far against Cardiff on Friday and the, the back line that started it 
couple of interesting things. One, it was all American, which <laughs> seems quite rare. But I, I spoke to Christian about that, and he, yeah. he said it was nice, because it's like communications there from the start, and you're all in the same wavelength. I mean, <clears throat> did, did it feel any different? Um, I hadn't played with Christian in a while, because he's been injured, uh, or he had a lot of injuries last year, but um, it is nice. Uh, uh, but at, with that said, you can't uh, deny the talent of other guys that didn't play yeah. this last game. Um, Shannon being one of them, Kendall Watson. These are very talented guys. I think what you're seeing is that we have a lot of depth in the back line. American, not American, it doesn't really matter to me. It's a, it's a funny tidbit. But um, I think uh, you're going to see, like, the rookie Jake that came in. I thought he's at yeah. a level that I think he can play. And he I was think impressed. I think he was very impressive. And so him and Shannon are going to be battling for that position, but I see a, a good level. And then I think on the left side you have a lot of, you know, Marcel can get in. Um, you know, I think Brett will be back from injuries. So I think you're going to see a good level, a good competition and you see the center back position, there's going to be competition there as well. So when you talk about the back line, I think there's a lot of different options. Obviously, throughout a season, you want it to be consistent so that you play with uh, you know, your partner, the guy next to you, or the same back line more times than not. But I think when guys fill in, it'll still be a high level. Talking about the right back, there is, there's that competition there. Now, I know you're not a kind of player that you're never going to take your eye off the ball. Last couple of years, you've been pushed hard. You were pushed by Sam. Then Brett came in and this high hopes for him. Brett's injured, Sam's away. It doesn't look like you've got much of a challenge. I know Marcel might for left-back, but how do you keep yourself motivated knowing that you probably the left-back position is yours going into the normal season? It's, it's interesting. The, the, the motivation is there because you want to win. Uh, I think that's what people kind of lose when they're like, yeah, you have competition, you're fighting for your position. Also, you want to win a championship. You want to make the playoffs. You want to make a run. The older I get, I'm not going to have as much time. I've got a few years left, so I want to win now. And so uh, when you talk about competition, it's yes, you're competing with your teammates, and they're going to drive you day in, day out. But the overall motivation is winning a championship, and I think that's got to be everybody's end goal here. And like the back line on, on Friday, three of the guys, 23 and under, we joked with Kyle Gregg a lot last year at USL that he was the old man of the team at 26. Do, do you feel the old man of, the, of this squad, especially defensively right now? I don't feel like an old man. Do I feel like the oldest on the team? Yes, because there's a lot of young guys. We have a young squad. I'd like to see the numbers in terms of com- comparing to the league, yeah. the rest of the league. I would assume that we're 1-2 in terms of the youngest uh, team in the league. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think... Uh, in terms of like my role, it's a, it's a lot of mentoring, a lot of uh, talking to these young guys. I think, um, you know, they have great heads on their shoulders already. It's about just guiding them in the right direction. I think that's something that I'll be taking on. I've, I feel like I've taken on more and more with every year I've been here. I want to ask you a little bit about Alfonso Davies because I'm going to do a piece about him for, for MLS. You've obviously been playing behind him and he's been on the left wing. How have you seen him grown from last season's pre-season camp and he came along with the team to what he is now, he's still 16, such an exciting talent. What do you see when you're playing behind him? I mean, it's not much different than what the fans are seeing. He's very exciting, he's very athletic. Um, I think he, him in particular, when you talk about young guys who have good heads on their shoulders, I think he's one that is motivated and uh, is, is humbled. 
uh, by a lot of the success, which is huge for him. Um, but but I see him uh, being a huge contributor this year. Um, as you see throughout teams and seasons, you don't want to rely on these young guys because they're going to have their ebbs and flows. But I think throughout the course of a season, he's going to be major for us. And I think also, um, when you look across the board at MLS, most teams that have success, they have young guys that step up. We have a lot of young guys. Obviously, we have a lot more opportunity with that. But uh, I think you'll see that throughout this season, and that's integral in us making the playoffs and going forward, and he's a huge piece of that. A guy like yourself that likes to go forward up the wing, what's it like kind of interchanging with him? And like Kikuta as well, really. Well, that's, that's the thing uh, that I've learned throughout the last few years is uh, picking your moments because from the back, you don't want to close the space down on guys. So, um, you know, looking from outside, you might be saying Jordan's not coming forward that much with Alfonso there, Scooter there, but you want them to be 1v1 the majority of the game. That's their talent. That's what they are on the field for is to beat guys 1v1. So um, it's, uh, it's exciting uh, with these guys. So uh, when you're playing with Alfonso, a scooter, it, a lot of it's play the ball, let them do their job. Let them take these guys 1v1. And, uh, you know, as the game unfolds, picking the right time to go forward because I definitely want to do that. <laughs> this whole trip to Wales, like the team looks so much fitter than a year ago, in fact, any preseason really. With the Champions League games coming up, how big an advantage do you see this giving you against the likes of New York, who's maybe just not up at this pace yet? I have obviously have no idea what New York's doing, but from our camp here, you definitely see the urgency um, this year in particular, as opposed to others, because we have a game so early. So we're coming in, we're we're having uh, more intense trainings. Um, it's not longer, it's not dragged out, but you have really good weight sessions. Everything's just planned to a T um, this season and this preseason in particular, and, and the urgency's there to get ready. And I think you saw across the board the levels raised overall. Um, maybe in the past you'd have a lot of fit guys, maybe some unfit guys. I think it's more so around uh, the same level. And uh, the guys who need to catch up are... And the guys who uh, came in fit are, are playing these games and getting, and getting touches. So um, the urgency's there. I think uh, we'll be flying come New York. Um, and that's, that's obviously the plan. And then um, I'm looking forward to getting into Portland and, and getting those games because those are really great games. I think that's the best tournament, preseason tournament in the league uh, or throughout. And you get great games, great uh, intense atmospheres. Playing Portland that last game at night, I think, will be a perfect setup to go into New York. Just the last thing, how, how have you found the trip? You've been in Wales for nearly a week so far. How have you found yeah. just everything about it so far? Um, it's been good. Um, we uh, had a night to, to go into Cardiff and check it out. It's a great city. Um, I love the people, um, really nice people. Um, and uh, other than that... It's just been great facilities. I think, uh, you know, you go to Arizona the last few years, um, you get on the, the good pitches and everything like that, but this is, this is amazing. I mean, you have the pitch right here that we're, we're going to be playing on tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Um, they're world-class fields, um, and, uh, you know, with this weather, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, similar, <laughs> it's similar to Vancouver in that it's raining and a little cold, so everybody's used to it. That's great. Thanks so much, yeah. Jordan. Enjoy the rest of the time. Appreciate it. Cheers. So Jordan Harvey there. And it was the same back four that played in the 4-0 win against Oxford on Monday. Harvey, Nerwinski, Dean and Parker, 
playing the first hour together and then Dean and Parker actually played the whole 90 minutes with Timmy moving to right back and Daniel Lovitz coming on to, to play the left back role and actually looking quite impressive in that game I have to say. He gets forward a lot and very vocal as well and he linked up really well with some of the guys out in the left wing there and he's going to get another look in I think Thursday's game and probably another look down in Portland as well. Just a, a note though on some of the trialists with the team, David Templeton, the former Rangers and Hearts player, he's now left the camp. He was just doing a bit of rehab as we mentioned in the last show but he's now left the Whitecaps camp. It's kind of hard to see where a player like Lovitz with his experience is going to be fitting into Vancouver because he might come in a short-term deal. Some backup to Jordan Harvey. As we mentioned there, there isn't really a lot of backup for him. You've got Brett Levis that's injured. You've got Marcel de Jong that can play there. Sam Adekugby's obviously away on loan. But is a player like Lovitz going to be happy just playing second fiddle and not really getting in the team? That's one we're going to have to keep an eye on. They say the best form of defence is attack. The way the Whitecaps were playing last season, there was basically no defence at all, so they kind of had to attack. But whenever the Caps went a goal behind, you just felt they didn't have enough in their arsenal to get back into the game, to get on level terms, to, to take the lead even. And as I said there to Jordan, the thing is, there were so many players last year that just had an off day, and they all seemed to have it at the same time. In fact, they... So many of the players really just didn't have a good season. Your solid defensive spine, as we've talked about so many times, Kendall Waston, card magnet, suspended for so many games. Matty Laba wasn't his usual self. Tim Parker had a good year, but, but made some mistakes. The right-back situation, as we all know, was completely atrocious at times. And we've now gone from that being one of the biggest problems on the team to having two very capable guys there in Jake Nerwinski and Shannon Williams. Even David Oustead had a few mistakes last season that, that cost us a few goals. But things definitely seem to be turning around. And I know it's, it's hard to look at a team that's not bringing in a lot of guys, a team that then didn't make the playoffs last season but hasn't improved that strongly. And then you look around the rest of the league, especially the rest of the West, and all the other teams, including those teams that missed the playoffs, have added a lot of crucial, important, vital pieces, which the Whitecaps haven't done as of yet. And the key missing piece, of course, is a number nine, hopefully a DP striker. We mentioned on the last podcast that Jordi Reyna was hoping to get his visa at the weekend and was then going to fly out to Wales to, to be with the team this week. That's now not happening. He's going to fly to New York, pick up his visa there and hopefully meet up with the team in Vancouver this coming Monday, so we'll hopefully catch up with him then. But with Rayner missing and no DP, and Giles Barnes still kind of nursing his knee knock, and it doesn't look like Giles Barnes is going to Blackburn now. Transfer day has come and gone here in the UK, and there's been no move to Blackburn from Giles Barnes. Whether he will still be a white cap come the start of the season, that's debatable. You have to feel that there could be a trade-on somewhere in, in MLS just to basically get that salary off the books. Now, we could of course keep Barnes, buy him down with Tam, but that's a waste of Tam for a guy that you then might want to release in the summer. So it's either going to be a case of you keep Barnes just now, keep him to the summer, and then look for a DP in the summer, or you trade him now and you bring your DP in now. I'd prefer the latter, but we'll have to see how that plays out. But at least there were some goals to talk about in Newport on Monday. 
Four of them, in fact. The first goal of the pre-season came from Eric Hurtado. Linking up very well with Marcel de Jong on the left, that was the best I've seen de Jong in a white cap shirt. Now, obviously, it wasn't great opposition. Oxford, it was quite a poor under-23 Oxford team. Definitely not a patch on the, the team that Cardiff had out on the game on Friday. But they were competitive. Some hard tackles going in. But the, the white caps were dominant. Hurtado getting the first goal, finishing off some nice work by de Jong. De Jong then getting the second goal himself. Kyle Gray getting his first goal as a Whitecap MLS player. And then rounding things off, a bit of unselfish work by Nico Mesquita, squaring the ball for Christian Tischer to get a tap in to make it number four. So good to see the strikers getting on the score sheet, and in particular it was really good to see Kyle Gray getting his first goal as an MLS player. Now we spoke to Kyle a lot last year in the podcast when he was the captain of WFC2. We got a chance to speak to him for the first time since he signed that MLS contract. Spoke to him after the game on Monday. Just asking him about how it felt to now be an MLS player. Getting that monkey off his back already finding the back of the net. And what he feels he needs to work on to kind of make the grade and kind of get some minutes in MLS. So let's hear now from Kyle Gregg. So Kyle, this is the first chance I've really had to speak to you since you, you signed your MLS contract. Obviously, something you came to the club aiming to, to do. You finally got the contract. How, how did it feel when you were told you were going to get the MLS deal? It kind of felt surreal, to be honest. You know, We spoke back in, I think, January of 2016, and you know that was my goal. Coming to Vancouver has really put myself out there for the first team to see and give myself the best opportunity uh, to sign a first-team contract. And so uh, as things kind of unfolded throughout the year, I um, found out that I was going to sign the contract. And like I said, it was, it was pretty surreal. Um, it was a big moment for me. I was glad to finally put pen to paper and make it official. Obviously, the hard work starts now to kind of make an impact into the team. But played today in the final third against Oxford, got a goal. That's really all you can do is just go out, show your stuff, put the ball in the back of the net and then just wait for your chance to come, I guess. Exactly. Uh, Robbo says that uh, we have to train and play well in order to, to be able to see the pitch uh, during the season. So uh, that's really all I can do is just control how I play. And, you know, I'm going to keep putting the team first and contributing and uh, by scoring and assisting and just doing my job. And that's all I can really do. And so I just need to put my head down and keep working. When you look amongst the squad, there hasn't been a lot of additions, and especially up front, uh, Jordi Reyna's come in, there's no one else at the moment. Striking, I guess, is quite thin at the moment in the club, but you must see this as a great opportunity that if you can do well this pre-season, chances there for you to, to go and make an immediate impact. Exactly, yeah, I think, I think uh, like you said, there haven't been any uh, signings really yet, uh, but, but you know, really uh, focusing on taking the opportunity opportunities that I have especially in this preseason kind of get as far ahead as I can uh, before somebody else comes in but again uh, you know I know that I need to just continue to work hard and and play the best I can. Now you've played at a number of levels over the years USL for the last few years what do you think you're going to need to do and improve in your game to take this next step now you've had some Champions League games but to, to play MLS regularly what do you feel that you're going to have to do? I think I'm just going to to realize that you know I'm a big physical player, but it's going to be even more physical at the next level. Um, it's also going to be more. Uh, I'm going to need to be more technical at the next level with you know my first touch and a movement off the ball and everything like that. So I think just in, in all areas of my game, I'm going to need to be a little bit 
uh, stronger, sharper, more technical, and a little bit faster in my decision making. It's nice as well that we're going to stop saying you're the old man of the team. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I did think, that with Jordan yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like I fit in pretty well with this, this, this group as far as age-wise. You know, there's a lot of mature, experienced players, and there's the young, youthful players that uh, I got a lot of time with last year. So it's a, it's a good blend for me, and uh, you know, I'm fitting in already. And the, the trip here to Wales, have you ever had any experience like this before in your playing career? In college, uh, 2010, we went to the UK. We spent some time in London, Liverpool, Chester, um, training and uh, kind of touring, and we were there for ten, about 10 days. So it's a similar feel with the with the weather and all that stuff that I experienced back in 2010, but it's nice to be able to play against um, some, some young pros in uh, Oxford and um, Cardiff the first couple games. But back when I came in college, we were playing semi-pro teams, um, so it's, it's definitely cool to be able to, to be uh, playing some of these clubs that, you know, I've taken notice uh, over the years. So. And it's it's been two competitive games so far. It's like both the teams today was maybe a bit of a blowout 4-0, but it was still a very competitive game. How have you found the level of it and how have you found just the overall facilities here in Wales? I think it's just nice to, to be on grass day in and day out. Um, I think you can see from the, the style of play over here that even the young players are really physical. Um, and so, you know, we're getting stuck in from the, the first time we step on the field. And then I think that's something we can kind of take back to the MLS uh, once the season starts and really you know, take that, take what we've done here and uh, apply it to, to when the season starts. And to get that first goal today must be kind of a weight off your mind. You're always wanting to get that first goal, but like, how, how did you see it play out and how did it feel to put it in the back of the net? Felt good. Uh, Danny Lovitz, one of the trialists, got the ball on the left. Uh, I just wanted to get myself in a dangerous area in the box, and then as it came in, I just wanted to focus on, you know, really help, helping guide it towards the goal. And you know, seeing it hit the back of the net was was good for me, and I'm um, just trying to build off of that confidence uh, for the rest of the preseason. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for everything, and it's like good luck for the rest of preseason, and good luck for this season to come. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle Gregg there. Some added contribution from Kikuta Amani and Eric Hurtado there playing ping pong in the background. Minutes are, you have to feel, going to be hard to come by, at least at first for Kyle in, in MLS. But all he has to do, I say all he has to do, but what he has to do is make sure that when he gets those opportunities, when he gets this minute, he grabs it with both hands, impresses, puts in a hard shift. If he can put the ball in the back of the net, even better. And he's the kind of guy that he always does put in a hard shift. He worked very hard in the game against Cardiff, nearly got a goal there. Did get his reward against Oxford on Monday. Also grabbed an assist as well, or I guess second assist you might want to call it, in the Christian Teixeira goal. But no matter the opposition, you want some confidence boosting goals. It's good to see Kyle Gregg get on the score sheet. Also good to see Eric Hurtado get on the score sheet as well. So we caught up with Eric after the game just to... Find out how he's feeling heading into pre-season, what it was like to get that goal, linking up with Marcel de Jong, and just how he's finding Wales, and does it bring back all his memories of being over in Norway? So let's hear now from Eric Hurtado. There, you were just joking around with Marcelo, kind of each got a goal and an assist. It seems like you guys are developing a little bit of chemistry there, eh? Yeah, it is. Uh, we did get some chemistry going on. Uh, Marcel whipped me in a great ball, finished that, played him, and he finished as well. Must be nice to get 
some good delivery from, from the flank with, with Marcel there, right? Yeah, uh, top class from him. Every time he gets the ball, I know it's going to be in the box, so I just got to position myself in between the center backs and put it in. And just overall thoughts on the team's performance, obviously. Nice to get to get you know, four goals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, four goals is great. We wanted to come out here today. We wanted to get fitness in. We wanted to run hard, tackle hard, and we wanted to get that chemistry back, and I think we did that today. How about in terms of playing with Kakuta? I know you guys are good friends. You guys were drafted the same year. What's it like having him kind of underneath you uh, the first few games? Uh, it's good playing with Kakuta. We have great chemistry. Like you said, we've been playing together for four years, so we kind of know each other's tendencies. Um, I'm going to lay it off to him. He might play me through. He's going to do his thing, and uh, it's really good playing with him. You got stuck in a couple times pretty early there. It seemed like a, a pretty physical game. Did you kind of feel that as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure a physical game. I like playing like that. I like getting stuck in. I like uh, getting, going body to body, so I enjoyed that. You've come into preseason. You're looking really sharp in the first two games so far. How, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel good. I feel great right now. I feel fit, strong. Uh, I put a lot of work in the off season, and you know, hopefully it pays off. But when you're looking at the, the players, Carroll hasn't really brought a lot of guys in and he hasn't brought guys in up front. You must see this as a great opportunity if you can do well pre-season to kind of make a name for yourself this year. Yeah, I'm just trying to take the opportunity that I'm given and right now I'm given the opportunity to play and I just want to do the best that I can for the team. How have you found being in Wales? Obviously you had that stint in Norway, so you're a little bit used to Europe, but how have you found it the last week here? It's good. It's a beautiful country. I like it. I love the hills. I see sheep a lot. <laughs> it's cool. Um, the time difference is the same as it was over in Nor uh, up in Norway. Uh, it's kind of hard to get accustomed to that, um, not, but it's okay. What cool. about the weather? Weather, same as Norway. Uh, it's typical to Vancouver as well. Rainy, cloudy, but, you know, you can deal with it. And have you had much chance to explore? I know you had Saturday off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, went into the town a little bit. I uh, did a little bit of shopping. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask, what was it like playing out on Dragon Park? Nice, beautiful pitch, amazing pitch. Uh, the ball just slides across the field. So nice, great, easy to make good touches, you know. Yeah. You spent a few days training here and around the place. What how have you found it? It's a great facility. Everything we need is here. Um, and super happy to have this facility to train at. Everything we need is here. Eric Hurtado there. And again, he played up top with Kikuta Mani in behind him in the game on Monday. They played an hour, both of them. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of Mani playing there, I have to say. I much prefer him on the wing or as the lone striker himself. Is this something that, that Rob is going to want to look at for the whole season? Or is he wanting to maybe put Bolanius in the middle? Well, we, we spoke to Bola and we'll bring you that in our next podcast. And... Bola's not, by the sounds of it, like that enthusiastic about playing the number 10 role. He hasn't played it for a while. So, I mean, maybe Manny is the guy that we're going to see kind of in the middle of the park playing in behind the striker. But it was a good performance on Monday. Because all the starters played an hour, there wasn't really that many minutes for some of the, the young guys, the WFC two guys. So no appearance on Monday from Tommy Gardner or David Norman. David Norman did do well, though, when he came on and played against Cardiff on Friday, as we mentioned in the last podcast. And it's great to see a guy that's been with the Whitecaps since age nine come through the Prospects programme, come through all the different age ranges of the residency, sign his WFC2 contract. We're going to see a lot of him in USL this coming year. Definitely got a chance to make a name for himself and maybe state a claim to an MLS contract next season. Who knows what lies in store for young David? We're delighted that he's signed the contract. 
The day that it was announced, we did a phone interview with him. We never got a chance to bring it to you before now, just with jetting off to the UK and not having a podcast out before then. Just a chat we had with David Norman on the day that he signed his first pro deal with WFC2. I guess the, the first thing to ask you, David, is you must be super excited, first pro contract signed. Yes, yes, I'm very excited. And uh, first pro contract signed and to do it with, uh, with the club I've been with for for nine years now, it's just uh, it's a, it's very exciting, for sure. Yeah, I mean, coming to the Whitecaps at such an early age, like, I mean, yourself, and you've also got the likes of Caden Chung that, that's been there through the Prospects programme really, really young. It, it must just be something more special just to to play for your hometown club. Yeah, for sure, I think it is. And um, and supporting them when we were young and uh, watching them at the game at Swangard when they're in the old, uh, old USL and going through that MLS and just watching all the players come through and, uh, and coming through the program yourself, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. So you went down to Oregon State for the year and you had a really, really good year down there, goal, few assists, some, some really, really good performances. What made you decide to make this decision now to come out of college in, in your rookie year and, and turn pro? Yeah, I had, uh, I had a very good year at, at Oregon State. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, there was... It, it's a great program down there, and I just thought at this at this point in my my career, I thought it was this was the best opportunity for me to develop, and uh, and to be back with Whitecaps, I thought it was um it was the best choice for me. But um I I did enjoy um my time at Oregon State, and I think a lot I learned a lot of things um, both on and off the field. That's gonna help me um throughout my career. Yeah, I, I stopped off at the campus. We were down the Oregon coast in September or October time, so I, I stopped off on the campus. It's a beautiful campus. How did you find the the quality of the football there? It, was it a big difference stepping up to NCAA from residency? Yeah, it's uh, first on on the, on the campus. Like you said, it's it's a great campus. It's uh, it's a nice place to be down there. And uh, on the football side of things, it's um, definitely a lot a faster pace. Um, stepping up from the residency and the academy to to the NCAA and playing in a good division like the Pac-12 um, is maybe a bit more direct than I was used to in the academy and playing with residency but it's um it took a couple games to get used to but I, I enjoy playing in that and learning at playing at that faster pace and uh and playing on that next level so looking ahead now to, to where you're going to be you, you've played a number of different positions the last couple of years I know even when you're away with Canada they had you as a central defender bizarrely at some point where do you see yourself fitting into WFC2 is it like anywhere in the midfield or are you looking at maybe being the holding midfielder? Yeah, I think uh, I think I can play either a number six or a number eight. So depending on who's playing and um, and what system you're playing, I think I can play as a box box midfielder, um, or I can play as a lone holding player. So really, I'm, I'm comfortable in playing either one of those. And you're coming to a team where you know a lot of the guys, and that you've been with them for years. So that must help just fitting in as well. Yeah, for sure. I've uh, a lot of young guys I've been playing with for a while here and then um, last spring I was able to, to train almost every day with Whitecaps too before I left for Oregon State so it's good um, and I already know almost all the boys pretty well. Looking for, for this season to come then obviously it's going to be a, a jump yet again from college level now to, to USL level what areas of your game are you feeling that you're maybe going to have to work in the most? Um, there's 
a lot of areas I want to um, continue to work on, and uh, one of them is being my physical fitness and just um, getting around the pitch more and, and going up a level, being able to, uh, to get into better areas of the field for the full 90 minutes of a game. Another one is speed of play, and just every every level you go up, I want to continue, and, um, and you got to get that speed of play fast and, uh, and continue at growing with that. And a lot of the WFC2 guys, they've had opportunities playing with the first team in friendlies, Champions League, Voyagers Cup, stuff like that. What would it mean to you to run out in a white cap shirt in a competitive game or some kind of game at BC Place? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Obviously, that's been a dream of mine since I was a, since I was a young boy. And now um, the last couple of years, I've been really working hard to make that come true. So I'm um, just going to keep on working hard this year. Hopefully have some uh, some good performances with Whitecaps too, and then uh, we'll see what happens from there. A number of people won't have seen you play. So if anyone's turning up to WFC2 for the first time, what can they expect from you as a player? Um, as a player, uh, I like to, to win balls back for the team and um, and win balls in uh, defensively and get the team going forward, but I also like to get on the ball and... Um, I think I have a pretty good range of passing and um, start things going forward in the attack as well. So a little mix of uh, a little mix of both. And just the very last thing, David, what's your your hopes for this year? I mean, I won't get you to pin down any like specifics, like goals or anything like that. But but what are you hoping for for this first year as a pro? Uh, I think just to get some good um, get a good number of games under my belt and um, get good minutes in good different environments and uh, and also continue um, training and just that's great. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations, and we'll see you when you're down in Wales. So David Norman there. One thing which we forgot to ask David, which we'll do at some point, is we haven't really spoke to him about what it's like coming from a footballing family, having a famous footballing dad, just to add extra pressure to you. So that's something we'll talk to David about in a future podcast. But that's it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to be back in a couple of days with our final one from Wales. We'll bring you that either Thursday night or Friday morning. Christian Berlanius, David Ousted, they're going to feature in that episode. And there's one game left of the pre-season tour of Wales. Bristol City are heading to the Vale of Glamorgan on Thursday. Noon kick-off UK time, 4pm Pacific time. We'll be at that game. We'll bring you full details and full coverage of that in the next episode of the podcast. It's going to be the third Whitecaps game I've seen off the tour. And an interesting tidbit that just kind of struck me tonight is it's going to be the third game that I've seen the Whitecaps play on grass. And I've also seen three other non-Whitecaps games on my trip over to the UK. Headed up to Scotland initially to see my parents and friends and of course take in the mighty East Fife. Wonderful 1-0 win in the Scottish Cup against Livingston at Livingston's ground, the wonderfully named Tony Macaroni Arena. The winning goal was a stunning 35-yard volley from a, a guy that some Canadian listeners will know quite well, former Ottawa Fury player, Nicky Patterson. Then before we got to Wales, headed down to London, and the original plan was I was going to see Wimbledon play at Gillingham, but Frost took care of that fixture. My second choice of game is going to be Dulwich Hamlet, which is a wonderful team that I've wanted to see play for a while. Have a look at their website, read all about Dulwich Hamlet. Fantastic, inspirational club, do a lot of good in the community, and hopefully at some point I will get to see a game at their ground. 
So ended up settling to go and see Sutton United playing Worthing in the FA Trophy a couple of days before their heroics against Leeds United on Sunday in the FA Cup. So they're doing well in both the FA Cup and the FA Trophy. 3-2 win for Sutton after extra time. They were 2-0 up in coasting, let Worthing get back into the game and then gave up a penalty in stoppage time, which was probably the last thing they were looking for facing Leeds in a big FA Cup game on, on the Sunday. Had hoped to take in Cray Wanderer's game the following night, but that got called off due to frost as well. Terrible time of year really to come over for games if you want to make sure that you see something. But it, it was good getting to see the Sutton game because I've wanted to go to Gander's Green Lane for a while. So the chance to get to some of these grounds that's on my ground hopping list is, is a fantastic opportunity. And another team which I was keen to see in this trip, and thankfully the rain didn't cause havoc in this one, was Newport County. Currently sitting bottom of League 2, obviously my good luck charm. They won 3-1 on Saturday at Rodney Parade against the Monkey Hangers from Hartlepool. Really enjoyable game, fantastic old style stadium. going to put some of these photos together in an article up on AFTN so you can watch out for that. Horrendous pitch though, it's like they, they have serious problems with it with drainage and the fact that it had been torrential rain the night before, I expected it to be off, but great work by the groundsmen, they got that game on. Took them within touching distance now of getting out of the relegation places in League 2, so, so good luck to Newport County for the rest of this year. Been a member of their supporters trust for a couple of years now. Used to swap fanzines back in the day with their fanzine, they had a fanzine called Never Say Die. And we spoke with them for a number of years and always had a little soft spot for them, so it was great to finally see them in live action. And then the night of recording this podcast, on a very rainy night in Merthyr Tydfil, I had the choice of going to see Swansea play Southampton in the Premier League, or Cardiff were playing Preston in the Championship, but no, 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 those games are not for me. So I headed to the Tier 7 game, Evil Sticks Southern Premier League, Merthyr Town, playing Redditch United. Wonderful 2-0 win for Merthyr Town. Moving up to second in the Southern Premier League. They're pushing for a promotion. It's a great little setup that they've got there. And it's a, it's a great club. Read all about the, them as well and what they're doing for their community. Supporter owned as well. Very important to me that. But what struck me after seeing that game as I was driving home to Newport was those three matches that I've seen were all played on artificial 3G pitches. So the Caps are over here enjoying playing on grass and the three games that I saw, all on artificial pitches. But of course that meant the games are on despite the frost and the horrendous rain. So maybe it's not a bad thing and the evil of all things either. But anyway, enough of my rambling. You don't want to hear about my travels anymore, I'm sure. So as I said, we'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast. Also watch out for our first radio show on Sunday on CITR 101.9 FM coming to you live from the studios at UBC at 11pm. So while other Whitecaps media are falling left, right and centre, AFTN's hopefully going to continue going from strength to strength. Read all our stuff on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter, at AFTN Canada. Most of the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com had an article up this week on Kikuta Mani. Article coming up soon as well on Alfonso Davies, which sounds a very Welsh name, so he's, I'm sure he's fitting in well here. So until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Take care.
And from a very soggy Newport, Mon the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left. Yeah, but...